0: The Michigan Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. In this episode, what are the latest trends and developments in the world of blockchain? What are the key opportunities and threats affecting business looking to implement blockchain platforms? And what would you say to organizations looking to use blockchain technology today? Hello, And welcome to the Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions podcast. I'm Anne Rose, an associate and co-lead of the blockchain group at Mishcon Duraya. And I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Tom Grogan, my blockchain group co-lead. So Tom, we last spoke together on a podcast back in early 2019 and we were in the studio. This time we're recording the podcast over the internet. So how has blotching technology evolved and improved since we last spoke?
1: I think the technology has has come on leaps and bounds, certainly exceeding anything we were sort of expecting and hoping for uh, this time last year. And I think the, the main thing in that respect is scalability. Scalability is absolutely king enterprise Ethereum, the Hyperledger ecosystem, yeah. and in particular Corda have just proven themselves extremely scalable and are going from strength to strength in that respect. I think the, the good thing there is we're very much moving from the world of the the POC and the MVP through to actual implementation, actual real use cases and, and use. I think the other big trend in the space is is its convergence with other emerging technologies. AI, for example, one of the big Barriers to AI development is the availability of sufficiently large, high quality data sets. Blockchain technology and, and, and distributed ledger technology uh, can facilitate the trading of such large data sets. And, and that sort of data marketplace, data transacting, is, is something we're doing a, an awful lot of work on. And it's, it's, it's very exciting. I think there are a number of notable projects Fetch AI, Ocean Protocol, and Quant have done some really cool things in that space. Uh, and I guess in a similar vein, IoT, the Internet of Things, that's that's booming, that's growing uh, at an extraordinary pace. Again, DLT can facilitate the exchange of data from, from many different manufacturers across across uh, multiple devices, multiple networks. And by referring to sort of oracleized data sets and, and, and building smart contracts that can refer to those data sets, we can do some unbelievably cool things now that we couldn't 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, completely agree. It's all super exciting. So clearly legal certainty is super important for encouraging adoption, innovation, and investment. As you know, Tom, I lead the legal and regulatory working group for Tech London Advocates blockchain, and we're publishing some guidance for practitioners in September in partnership with the Law Society, which I really hope will help practitioners working in this space. So, what does the legal landscape for blockchain look like in the UK currently?
1: It's getting better, and I think we can we can be confident that developments over the last uh, eighteen to twenty four months have, have really made English law and and the UK a more attractive jurisdiction for for companies seeking to innovate and and, and inward investment to flow. Uh, into the blockchain space, uh, I think you're very modest, Anne. I think the the TLA report that you've been working on is incredible. I think you've done a, a phenomenal job there, and I'm I'm really really excited to see that launch later this year. And you're absolutely right; regulatory uncertainty is is a key barrier to investment and innovation. In fact, PwC's global blockchain survey uh, found it to be the number one single biggest barrier for adoption. That is in part unsurprising. Distributed ledger technologies and blockchain very much challenge very, very long-held notions of, of what it means to transact and how parties relate to each other, and that naturally raises a number of legal and regulatory questions, from data protection and system governance rules through to tax and property law. As I said, the last two years have seen extraordinary developments in that space. I think although there are no specific blockchain, legislative or regulatory frameworks in the UK. Um, recent developments have made it clear that it very much does fall within the existing prevailing perimeters. For example, the fifth money laundering directive as implemented in the UK makes explicit reference to crypto assets uh, and amongst other things brings providers of custodian wallet services and virtual currency exchanges within the scope of anti-money laundering regulations in the UK and that's extremely important to sort of move this phenomenally exciting technology into the mainstream and to protect against the harms that could be associated with it if left unchecked. Throughout 2019, a number of authorities published blockchain-related guidance. In July 2019, the FCA published guidance in their policy statement and that was for for market participants seeking to understand whether their activities might fall within the FCA's regulatory perimeter and that of course was then followed in November by the statement by the UK Jurisdiction Task Force and that focused on on legal questions as regards the, the status of crypto assets and the, the legal enforceability of smart contracts. That legal statement which was subsequently upheld in the, the High Court found that crypto assets were capable of, of constituting property for the purposes of English law and that sounds really noddy and really uh, obvious but it's super super important. If, if crypto assets can't be property under English law they can't be owned. If they can't be owned they can't be stolen and that's sort of a, a very basic example but but so many practical and, and, and real world implications Flow from that finding. So that was really positive. Um, And we're expecting further legal clarity throughout 2020. Obviously, the the pandemic has pushed a number of timings back a little further. Guidance we were expecting in May will probably come later in the year. I think it's fair to say that most authorities had other things on their minds at the time. Um, The FCA is consulting on on derivatives in the context of, of crypto assets. And the Treasury is consulting on legislation that would expand its regulatory authority to include crypto assets um, that's very much with a view of bringing uh, service providers within the scope of the uk's aml and counter-terrorist financing regimes and that's in line with the the latest fat travel rule guidance which is which is super important i think we all expect to see the fca and the pra review their own positions following the treasury's findings um, and of course we've got a very exciting report from tla that we're looking forward to reading Anne.
0: fantastic so blockchain for so long has been described as a solution looking for a problem. It, it really feels like from what we've been talking about that we're turning a corner on this and leadership teams are taking notice. What do you think?
1: Yes, <laughs> in a word, uh, you're you're absolutely right. There was a recent Deloitte survey that they found that 81% of respondents consider blockchain technology important for their businesses in wow. in 2020, this year, right now. With 55% of the respondents actually such a significant so it's shift, it's unbelievable. It's very much moved from sort of concept to reality, which is which is super exciting. And I think there's there's a a couple of drivers for that. One of them is off-the-shelf readiness. Uh, I think big corporations like R3, like Microsoft, like Amazon, have really invested in their platforms over the last few months, and it's never been easier to design build and implement blockchain systems within our organizations we're no longer building from scratch every single time we don't have to go from from zero to one to do anything all of a sudden there are enterprise ready off the shelf starting points and inevitably every system needs its own tinkering and its own um, adjustment to, to make it work yeah. for the use case or the jurisdiction but that has hugely helped. And I think the other big driver is actual success stories. Nothing breeds success like success. And and you've only got to open a newspaper or read a blog now to see actual implementations and value being achieved and secured using blockchain technology. The last 18 months uh, have been marked with serious and meaningfully exciting developments from really valuable, impactful proof of concepts like the one we built with uh, HM Land Registry in the real estate conveyance space. Or full-scale products that can be used today fully, like Provenance, for example, one of our Mtech companies, which and I know uh, the two of us, mentor together. They use and implement blockchain technology to preserve and, and, and track and reflect the, the supply chain and, and provenance, naturally, as the name suggests, uh, of their assets being tracked on the system. Uh, The World Economic Forum in Davos this year featured a number of announcements regarding exciting and ambitious blockchain builds as well, um, some of which we've been really lucky to be involved with, with our legal and our our legal engineering services.
0: Earlier, you mentioned COVID, and I don't think any discussion at the moment can be about reference to to COVID. How, How do you think that's impacted the blockchain space?
1: Crypto's done well, <laughs> yeah. uh, which uh, probably isn't too surprising, um, given that there's been a, a huge move to to online activity, and 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 most of the major currencies are, are up. But but more seriously, I think COVID has been a a time for many businesses and organisations to sort of pause and and challenge long accepted norms and and practices of business, and they're increasingly looking to see whether or not new technologies might help make them more 21st century ready and, and robust and, and resilient in the long term. If you think about the fundamental characteristics of, of blockchain technology, we talk about transparency, we talk about auditability, and then you map that against a, a geopolitical landscape where all of a sudden supply chains are, are becoming more and more a matter of, of national security um, as opposed to a, a nice to have. I think we can expect to see blockchain platforms play more and more of a of a role in preserving those those supply chains and, and making everyone more resilient in the long term.
0: What would you say to any organisation who's looking to implement blockchain technology today?
1: I think the first piece of advice I'd give hasn't changed over the last sort of four or five years It's, it's verify that you've got a use case and that blockchain has has meaningful value proposition for your business or your organisation. The second thing is make smart platform decisions early and design choices that that have a view and an eye to to progress and development in this space, uh, ensuring interoperability and longevity. Uh, the developments we've seen over the last 12, 18 months have been extraordinary, and I, I think we, we all expect that to continue. So so organizations want to be sure that what they're building today maintains relevance and, and efficacy in, in 12, 18 months' time. I'd seek to identify uh, the key stakeholders. I think so often I've lost track of the the number of times I've spoken to clients, public sector and private sector, who have asked the question, "Could the technology do this? Could the qu- uh, technology do that?" <laughs> the answer is almost always yes. The technology can do most things. We tend to find that that the problems aren't uh, tech based, they're people based, and they're stakeholder based. I think it's incredibly important that very very early on, organisations identify who are the key important stakeholders that are going to be involved with their implementation and bring them in and, and actually sort of empower them by involving them in the, the design thinking process. And finally, I think it's it's vitally important, I think everyone recognises the importance of considering the legal and the regulatory issues uh, that underpin a use case or an implementation. We're super fortunate here, We've we've got market-leading blockchain team who who can provide advice on on all legal and regulatory matters pertaining to, to the technology and implementations using the technology. Um, and we're also quite unique in that we've got the, the legal engineering capability, which is something that, that is super exciting and we're going to be making more and more uh, announcements about over the next weeks and months. That very much brings together technical developer expertise because we have that sort of best-in-class developer expertise in-house, uh, together with lawyers, to, to produce builds for clients that are compliant by design.
0: That's all so exciting. Well, for now, let's wrap up there. I'd like to say thanks so much to Tom Grogan for joining me for this Michigan Academy Digital Sessions podcast. I'm Anne Rose, and in the next episode, my colleague, Neil Bayliss and Catherine Doggerell, the Editor-in-Chief for the EMEA region at Questex Hospitality Group, will discuss the future of travel and tourism whether it's the dawn of a new age or a temporary crisis. The Digital Sessions are a new series of online events, videos and podcasts, all available at mishcon.com. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or suggestions of what you'd like us to cover, do let us know at at Mishcon.com. Until next time, take care. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com.